Hello, everyone. I'm Dana Stewart Bullock, and this is Transformational Therapeutics. In today's podcast, I will be talking about fascia, also called connective tissue. Because this is one of my favorite subjects and is such an important and extensive one, I will be doing multiple podcasts on fascia. Fascia is a tissue that we all inhabit. It is the largest organ in our bodies and connects every system throughout the body. I love this subject and believe everyone should have an even rudimentary understanding of the role of fascia in our bodies and our lives. Fascia is the ultimate anatomical connector and, if I'm honest, is the basis for my finding that language is the ultimate connector of us all. So welcome. Hi, Dana. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Today, I think I've been waiting for this episode since we started doing this podcast. Today, we are talking about fascia, and you are an expert in this field, and I'm so excited to learn all that it is that you have to share with us. Okay. (laughs) I just love this subject. I absolutely love it. Can I ask why? Well, first of all, I love bodies, and I love anatomy. I remember when I was in graduate school and we did fresh cadaver dissections, which means like a newly dead person and you dissect them. And the magic to me, the body is so profoundly magical and sacred. I mean, it's mind boggling what it does. So that was my first real exposure. And then going on into manual therapy and anatomy just holds such an interest for me. And I first learned about fascia, which I'm also going to use the word connective tissue with. So either connective tissue or fascia, it's the same terminology. It means the same thing. And I'll define it in a minute, that it really connects everything in the body. And it gave me the beginnings of seeing the body as one unit and the why behind it. And it's only recently, so I graduated in the very early 80s. It's only recently that the research has begun to be done, like within the last 10 years, on fascia and its impact on the body. And so it explains a lot of the results that I've gotten over time. And it's just a really cool system. And I love it. I love it. I can't wait to dig in. So what is the definition? Well, as I looked it up, it comes from the Latin for a band, bandage, swath, or ribbon. It was originally used in architecture. When you talk to contractors, they talk about the fascia of a building. It came from the word for door frame, but it also comes from the plural noun fasces, which is Latin for a bundle of rods with a projecting axe blade carried by a lictor, which is some official in ancient Rome, as a symbol of the magistrate's power and used as an emblem of authority actually in fascist Italy. Hmm. So it also, on some unconscious level, is about power, which grabs me right away, the the word itself. Mm. The other definition, the other word that's used is aponeurosis, and that is in the literature, the anatomy literature. And an aponeurosis is a sheet of pearly white fibrous tissue that takes the place of a tendon in sheet-like muscles having a wide area of attachment. So fascia itself is, if you could visualize this, the way that I've described it, and I think I described it in one of the other podcasts, if you imagined a skeleton, a human skeleton, and you took a very huge roll of saran wrap and wrapped the entire skeleton head to foot, 
arms, trunk, the entire thing with one roll of saran wrap, many, many layers. That is really what the fascia in the body looks like. Mm. So that's how extensive it is throughout the body. And does it cover just the bones, are you saying? Are you ready? (laughs) Let me just give you another definition. A fascia is an uninterrupted viscoelastic tissue, which forms a functional three-dimensional collagen matrix. It surrounds and penetrates all structures of the body, extending from head to toe. So it's difficult to isolate. So from a common experience, if you take a piece of steak and, you know, you cut it and you see all those little round white pieces, that is all fascia. And it surrounds every single muscle fiber and groups of muscle fibers and muscles themselves. It surrounds every nerve and group of nerve fibers and the nerve itself. Broad definition of fascia includes bone, connective tissue, tendon, ligament, aponeuroses, blood is a fascia, fat is a fascia, and lymph is a fascia. Hmm. So it is seen as an organ. It's the largest organ in our body. And it's the one that connects absolutely everything. Wow. So we've not paid attention to it at our peril. It is everywhere. Mm. And for me, it's just fascinating. So we start out with bone. And bone, the periosteum, the outer layer of the bone is fascia. But bone itself is considered fascia. And people don't realize this, but bone is an active, vibrant, live tissue. And bone bends. Your long bones bend. You know, we see dried skeletons, but the bones, when they're alive, bend. Hmm. And they have a, an inherent flexibility to them. And what I want to do with this is to teach people who all have fascia what it means to have it and to start seeing their body from a different perspective. Because we tend to divide the body up into this arm and that leg and the nose and the head and the trunk. And it's all one system. And what connects the system throughout is the fascia, the connective tissue. That's why it's called connective tissue. Mm. And your skin is also fascia. So what you're saying is that by shifting our perspective, even just becoming aware that this exists even is another entryway into using transformational therapeutics to help self-heal and grow? It's a bit of a stretch. Let me see if I can connect that. Yes. So if you can imagine this saran wrap-like tissue going throughout your body, and I'm going to go into it more in a bit and explain how it actually functions on so many levels and how central it is to our function, it also has a language to it. And when I talk about language, the language of the connective tissue or the fascia spans the sensory systems, the neurological systems, the gut, the heart. It's in every aspect of our physiology. And it's really important. And so understanding how it impacts us, understanding I'm going to go in in a little bit or maybe in the next podcast, I'm not sure, into biotensegrity, which is a model in which fascia can be understood better. I just think it's so important to understand this aspect of our bodies because it gives us more information and more language to deal with. In that, I see it as empowering us on a whole nother level. So if you could imagine that the fascia runs everywhere, literally, just, it's so brilliant. But since it's 20... 22, and we're, we've been talking about vaccines, 
And when the original COVID vaccines were introduced, I remember them talking about they would introduce it in a needle into your deltoid muscle in your arm, and it would stay there. And I remember hearing this and thinking, what do you mean it's going to stay there? It's going to go, the fascia runs everywhere. It's going to run along the fascia and end up elsewhere in the body. So the ignorance about fascia, we continue at our own peril to be ignorant of it because it is a connector throughout the body. Right. And when you describe it that way, we can talk more about this later, but I just, for the listeners, I want to inspire you and get you excited if maybe we have some people who are anatomy junkies who are just eating this up. But if you're not necessarily, or maybe you don't know that you're interested in anatomy, this information is going to be so powerful and so helpful in your own journey and understanding of yourself and connecting to yourself. My goal today is to really change people's perceptions. You know, I did a whole podcast on perception, and I've said that perception is so important in terms of understanding. To change your perception of a body is, to me, the most empowering thing because it gives you new information and new ways of seeing. Yes. Let me just say this. Connective tissue or fascia forms a continuous three-dimensional multi-layered saran wrap-like network throughout the body. It covers every organ, every muscle, and each muscle fibril, as well as every nerve in the body, and connects all of them. So everything is literally connected. It forms a transmission system, which includes the dura mater, which is the lining of your brain and spinal cord, periosteum, which is around every bone, perineurium, which is around every nerve. It connects all the discs in the spine, all the bones in the spine, as well as all the organs in your abdomen, and it interpenetrates all the organs in your abdomen. Mm -hmm. So it is literally everywhere. And when people talk, you know, we've talked a lot about recently, the world has about the microbiome and a leaky gut. And a leaky gut is a result of the fascial connections becoming loosened. It's fascia. Hmm where everything happens. And so to me, it's vital to health on every level. Right. Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is I see how, you know, in our our Western culture and the way Western medicine works, we tend to, you go to the specific doctors for each part of the body. And so because of that, which I think there's obviously a lot of benefits that, that it exists that way in order for Western medicine to function, And yet, because of that, I think we easily break ourselves up and forget that we are connected. We are one body. And this fascia description really helps to paint that picture very clearly. And it is literally a matrix throughout your body. Hmm. The connective tissue is a matrix that connects everything and transmits forces, which I'll talk about in a bit, and has a huge contribution to our sensations. I mean, it's really hard to separate it. You can't separate it out from anything. I mean, the protection of our brain is a fascial protection. There are three layers of it. In addition to the bone itself, I mean, it just goes on and on. And that to me is what excites me. It's like this world in and of itself that we've ignored for many, many years. It's sort of the area, you know, when you're cutting a chicken and that slimy stuff, Mm -hmm. throw it aside. 
that's fascia. And when I would dissect, when I was in school, that was something we never even learned about. It was in the way. You couldn't see muscles with it. You couldn't see bones. You couldn't see viscera. You pulled it and threw it away. But now they're realizing that it is what holds everything together and is so important on every level for transmission, for, for support, for stability, for mobility. It's such an amazing tissue. So what is it exactly? I'm going to simplify it. It is cells within a matrix, basically. Mm. It provides a structural framework for the body, and it maintains the anatomical form of the organs and the systems. It forms the skeleton and the capsules around organs. It forms the joints themselves. They are connective tissue, the ligaments. A ligament is a connector between two bones, connects one bone to another. And a tendon connects a muscle to a bone. And it turns out that muscles are actually embedded in fascia and cannot function without the fascia that surrounds all of the muscle fibers. Mm. Because what happens is the muscle contracts, but it has to contract against something. It's contracting against that fascia, which then transmits the force to the bone, which then moves the bone. And likewise, with stretching a muscle, you're actually stretching the fascia? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, It cushions and envelops the organs, separates them from surrounding structures. It allows the organs to be mobile between each other, fills spaces between organs, preventing friction. It prevents damaging collisions among structures that are mobile inside the body. But it also has a metabolic function. What does that mean? It provides nutrition, it has a nutritive function. So all of the metabolites, the things that we eat and we need, like enzymes and minerals, nutrients, everything from the blood, they pass from the blood and diffuse, like they swim through the adjacent connective tissue into the cells themselves. So if that connective tissue is not healthy and you're trying to get nutrients through it and it stops the nutrient from flowing, that's on a microscopic cellular level, but it impacts the entire organism. Mm. And there's a guy at Harvard called, I think it's Donald Ingber, and he did research showing that fascia or connective tissue, when it is stiffened, contributes to all kinds of diseases like heart disease, cancer, diabetes. So the fascia is so important. So not only do the metabolites, the things we eat, the nutrition go to the cells, but waste metabolites go from the cell back out through the connective tissue before returning to the blood capillaries. So the connective tissue actually mediates and controls the exchanges in different areas of the body. It sounds almost like the body, if the body were the world and all the parts of the body were countries or places, the fascia would be the roads that connect. Absolutely. Absolutely. It also is responsible for storing energy in adipose tissue. Fat is fascia, and so that's where energy gets stored. It regulates the diffusion of substances through it. It also is important for the forming of scar tissue. What does that mean? Well, when you have an injury and scar tissue is formed, it's formed by the connective tissue Mm. in your body. Can you describe that a little bit? It sends cells to mend. Let's say you have a cut to mend the cut. The cells of the immune system are also fascial cells. Mm. So it takes care of it that way. It sends fibroblasts to mend a tear, let's say, in a tissue and create a scar. 
Mm. If it's healthy, it does that. So for example, I sliced my finger a few years ago enough where I needed stitches. So as it's healing, it's creating... Can you... Okay. I'm prompting you to describe the... What happens is because it's a matrix, fascia itself actually is... I'll just say it's fibers in a gel. And so what is required is that those fibers be able to move against each other in normal movement. If there's not healthy movement on a tissue level, those fibers get stuck against each other. So that's one way that you have areas of tightness, like in your muscle. If you have a muscle where it's not moving and healthy, you can get cross-linking of those fibers and a tie-down of the connective tissue. So that cross-linking would be similar to the creation of a scar, where you then have cells coming in and cross-linking to close whatever the injury is. Mm. So it's a similar mechanism. It's actually very different, but it's the same sort of mechanism in terms of movement on a tissue level. Movement is life. Mm. And so those fibers and that gel have to be moving, allowing nutrients to flow through. All of our blood vessels not only have layers of fascia or connective tissue keeping them open and healthy and structural, but they also have to go through sheets of connective tissue as they travel through the body. So if those sheets of connective tissue are tied down then it alters the flow of blood indirectly. Mm. I mean, it's, it's an amazing system. So our sense of self is generally unconscious, and it's called interoception. This is a lot of information, but let me see. Interoception. And until, let's say, 2009, it was considered that the signals from our viscera, you know, our gut, our heart, our liver, whatever, that went to our brain on an unconscious level regulated how we saw ourselves, but we didn't know it. Okay. It was unconscious. In 2009, there was, there's a guy named Bud Craig who is, I believe he's a neurophysiologist out in Arizona. And he discovered a tract, a new tract in the spine that goes up into an area of the brain. And it's only found in humans and higher primates. In his article and in his book, which is called How Do You Feel, that there were receptors that transmitted information to an area in your brain called the anterior insular cortex that contributed to one's sense of self. And it wasn't just from the viscera, as everyone had thought, but it was from every tissue in your body, he said. Mm. I didn't know what that meant, so I contacted him, and I asked him what he meant, and he didn't really know anything about connective tissue. Hmm. So I've continued the research, and the research has been done by others. And it turns out that in your fascia, in your connective tissue, are receptors, which are nerve endings, which are responsible for feeding information to your brain actually about who you are and your sense of self. Hmm. And that then explains why the manual therapy and myofascial release and those different techniques have an impact on your sense of self. Wow. That's huge to me. Absolutely. So just seeing if I can understand this, would that mean that if you have an injury, that is affecting your sense of self, your identity, would that be? Yeah. Yeah. And so then by healing 
that injury, you can also heal that aspect. Well, you of can or not. And I'll talk about that in a second. But when I talked about Candy Pert and she talked about peptides mm-hmm. and being released with every emotion, there's a peptide that is released mm-hmm. that also influences, I believe, the connective tissue and the fascia and then sets up a feedback loop to your brain of who you are and how you feel. And the receptors are throughout the fascial system in your body, but the information then registers in your anterior insular cortex. Which is in your brain. In your brain. It's an area in your brain that they up till now thought was just registering information from your viscera, but it's registering information from everywhere three-dimensionally in your body. So we, this is a feedback loop that is really important. Just imagine a road going back and forth with information between your brain and all the connective tissue in your body. If your posture is slumped, what is that information telling you about yourself? And it continues that feedback loop over time. So if you then combine that with Candy Pert talking about peptides and emotions, I mean, we all know this, but if you look at someone's posture, you can tell if they're depressed, you can tell if they're happy, Mm -hmm. you can tell if they're upright or if they're slumped. That's the fascial system talking to you. Hmm. So you can tell just from looking at somebody, what is their emotional state? I love that. So our emotions and our sense of self exists all throughout our body through every tissue. Yes. Via the connective tissue, the fascia. Right. It's so interesting. It reminds me of the Superman pose, I want to say it's called. Have you heard about this? There's a, it actually was on an episode of Grey's Anatomy a while ago, and apparently there was research done on if you'd stand in this Superman pose where your legs are about hip distance apart, your hands are on fists on your, on your hips and your shoulders are back and your chest lifted, that that will, you know, make you feel more confident if you're about to go and do something that you need bravery and confidence and just feel like you can tackle it. You stand in the Superman pose for a few breaths and it changes everything. So would that be like you're kind of changing a different feedback loop of sending your changing your fascia to send a message to your brain that you're not slumped and and shy and uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts on that it's really interesting because I've talked about this for many years. If you remember when you were a kid and your mother told you to stand up straight Mm -hmm. and you couldn't necessarily maintain it (laughs) because of the way the fascia is manifesting and you can't stand up straight because you have a restriction, let's say, in your thoracic spine, you can attempt to stand up straight for a period of time, but then you slump back in. Mm -hmm. And so the way that I see that there's a, a restriction somewhere in the system that doesn't allow you to stand up straight. So if you assume a Superman pose that will allow you to stand up straight for a period of time, but it may not last over time. Sure. And so I've always said that my job as a manual therapist is to give the tissues the ability and then ask you to do the movement. Hmm. But if I ask you to do the movement, like stand up straight and your body can't, then I'm teaching you failure. Hmm. So it's really about releasing tissue so that you can then manifest in your posture, in your body, what it is you want. So it's such a, it's such a dynamic system that, and such a feedback loop that's working at all times. I love what you just said there. I think especially when we come into this podcast, into this awareness, 
with the notion that we are all separate parts rather than a whole and that we have power within our body to transform things. When you see the Superman pose, you might think, oh, this is a great tool that I can use to help, you know, deliver a great presentation, which is excellent. But what you're saying is that don't just stop there. Don't just use a tool to get you through a period of time. Instead, let's see what if we can transform the restriction, figure out what it is that's preventing you from being able to stand that way always and heal it. But what I'm also saying is, in addition to the physical restriction, there is an emotional one because of the anatomy of the connective tissue. Right. And the feedback loops of the connective tissue. So Bud Craig, and I'm going to quote him, and you'll have to help me translate this. The neural substrates. Which are? The signals that are sent and received from the fascia, from the receptors, the um, nerve endings in the fascia. Okay. He uses the word substantialize body feelings. So the feelings in your body are carried and maintained by the neural signals that go back and forth between the fascia and the brain. Okay. They also provide the basis for our awareness of emotional and social feelings like pleasure, anxiety, trust, and anger. So those feelings are carried in our connective tissue. Mm -hmm. Together, again, I'm quoting, together these results provide a solid foundation for well-known ideas about the embodiment of emotional awareness. In particular, they support the James Lang theory of emotion and its modern refinements, which I'll talk about in a minute. They can explain how you feel. So the James Lang theory refers to a hypothesis on the origin and nature of emotions, and it's one of the earliest theories of emotion within modern psychology. It was developed in the 19th century by William James and Carl Lang. The basic premise of the theory is that the physiological arousal, so in your physiology, something happens and instigates the experience of the emotion. So we all think we feel the emotion and then we feel it in our body, but apparently we feel it in our physiology, in our connective tissue, in our tissues, and then we label it because <laughs> it comes first in our tissues <laughs> and then gets labeled by our brains. That is so... So the brain receives information from the body's nervous system, which includes the connective tissue, mm -hmm. and then interprets it by labeling it, not the other way around. Wow. And so that has been the basis of my understanding of connective tissue and the connections between the physiology and our emotions and how our physiology carries our emotions. I appreciate that description so much especially being a meditation teacher and teaching about emotions that emotions do live in our body but to hear the breakdown of exactly how it is and to understand that it actually lives in the tissues and then we experience it in the mind or we label it what would you say to someone who hasn't gotten to a place yet where they can feel emotions in their body they're not aware of the fact that they're in their body well, again, I always go back to the anatomy. I mean, the fact is that our anatomy, our connective tissue anatomy, which is so dimensional and so pervades every aspect of our physiology, 
is innervated and carries within it our emotional state. I mean, it just makes sense so that when, for instance, we did a podcast on grief and or on shame, we talked about shame and you felt shame in your central gut area. I feel it as a collapse. But that feeling is carried in my connective tissue. Mm -hmm. It just is. That's a fact. Right. It just is. Well, I love that piece too, especially, you know, my, my husband's more of a skeptic and he's very logical. So not, not at all, all that emotional. So when I talk to him about how emotions live in the body, it's, it's hard for him to grasp that, but he does understand logic and fact. So to hear that this is fact, that this does. This is anatomy. Right. I mean, you can't get much more anatomical than that. Right. It's not woo woo feeling no, stuff. No. It's no, this is fact. Right. And so I think that also helps develop the awareness of feeling the body because it's like, hey, there's a blue sky over there. Look for it. Now I know that there's a blue sky up. I can direct my attention upward and look to see if I see the blue sky. So if you're telling me that my emotions are living in the tissues, then I can look for it the next time it's happening and develop that awareness. And there's really brilliant evidence about the connection between the autonomic nervous system. We've talked about that. And again, this is recent evidence, like within the past 10 or so years. And the autonomic nervous system, just as a refresher, is... is, It consists of the parasympathetic and sympathetic systems. Sympathetic is known as fight, flight, freeze system. Parasympathetic is known as rest and digest. And those two systems are autonomic, they're automatic, they're deep. And they are our regulatory mechanism in life in terms of being able to regulate our state, our temperature, you know, peeing, pooping, see all those things. They're regulatory to the organism, our organism itself. Mm. So there's good evidence now that the receptors in the connective tissue are connected to those systems. And so it's thought that the other messaging system in our body is probably equally as important as our nervous system, the actual nerves that we know that run through our body, is the fascia. And there's a Dr. James Oshman who talks about, despite having no nervous system, a paramecium, which is a single cell organism, can swim like a dolphin, avoid creatures trying to eat it, find food and mate. How could a single cell organism do these things without a brain or a nervous system to guide it and provide messages? So it would be the connective tissue within it Mm. that would be sending messages that would communicate that. So this is a lot of information to be giving out, and I'd like to wrap this up as best I can, and then we'll continue with another podcast because it's an inordinate amount of information for people to absorb. Mm -hmm. And I just, as a side note, I just want to point out to listeners that Dana teaches this stuff in depth and has been teaching this stuff in-depth at universities, as trainings. She goes to places like this is a huge honor and a real treasure that she's giving this out for free on this podcast. So like her expertise is being like, she is being so generous with giving us this information. And I just want you to know that so you can receive this information with that knowledge that you are privileged right now with getting this, this information. Thank you, Rebecca. So, so to wrap it up, the, the connective or fascial system is the only system in the body that touches every other system. So it's a central, in many ways, a central organizing principle of the body. Wow. And it 
is incredibly important. It must be looked at as a single organ that unifies the entire environment in which all the body systems function. So fascia itself, I just want people to start getting a glimmer of this, is central to the functioning of every system in our body. It connects every system in our body, nervous system, um, digestive, circulatory, sensory, every single system is connected and has within it fascia, also known as connective tissue. And just to take that on board and look at it in a way that shows you how literally the body is connected everywhere Hmm. and that you might have, for instance, a disease or an injury in one aspect of your body, but because that aspect is connected everywhere else, you just need to know that. Right. I love, I love that statement that you said that it's the one thing that touches every single part of your body. Every other system. Every other system. It's the only one. It's the only one. I think that's so powerful and how, and can explain how if you have an injury in your foot, it could be affecting something way up in your head. And vice versa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Vice versa. And that to me is why it is so, I just, I just love it. It's, it's a big deal. And people should know that about their bodies. Yes. It's your body. It's you own it. You have it. You should know it. Right. You should know that there is something that is connecting your big toe with your left ear. (laughs) Like there has to, like you should know that you are connected and that we aren't just. And that the information is traveling throughout this whole system all the time. Hmm. The feedback loops are happening all the time from an endocrine standpoint, from a neurological standpoint, from a chemical standpoint, emotional standpoint, it is all connected. And just knowing that is a place to start. Absolutely. And especially if you've been listening, you as the listener, been listening to this podcast since episode one, then you might start to see how every episode ties really beautifully into this concept that, you know, even thinking about through a a container, we can create a transformation. We can create the safety. We can create a connection through this container and this connection of the fascia. We can create, we can discover information. We can create safety. We can do so much. I I feel like we could almost go back and do a part two of every episode through the lens of looking at the fascia. And that would be so interesting. And I I agree. And, And without it, without the fascia, you're missing huge amounts of information. If you don't acknowledge that it is so central and so connected everywhere. Right. You're missing the biggest fact of the anatomy of the body and the physiology. Wow. And I feel like furthermore, at least for me, it feels like such a a validating piece of information that it can validate your experience of stress in your body, of emotions in your body, of a slumped posture, of so many things that we might think, oh, it's just in my head. Like, no, it's actually not. It's in your body. And this is one explanation of why. And you're not making it up. You're not crazy. You're not this. You're not that. Like this model in its whole, including the entire a model of transformational therapeutics is a way to tell you, no, this is all information that you can use. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, Dana. Thank you. We really are, are so lucky to be able to hear it. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode today, please take a moment to share it. Send it to a friend 
or share it on social media. If you found this episode valuable, it is our mission to spread this message everywhere. As Dana said, this information is gold. We need to know this. More people need to acknowledge this in our bodies. So help us spread the message. We would be so appreciative.